This can be played at high volume. Live and local. This is the game. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. It's Saturday, and you know what that means. Finally time for the world-famous CD to step to the mic for two straight hours of no-holds-barred sports talk. It's better than Desperate Housewives. Are you You better get ready. Yeah! Because Under the Dome with CD starts right now. Let's do it. I'm ready. Let's do it. And welcome, everyone, to hour number two of two of Under the Dome with CD right here on the game. 1037 Live yet and 1041 Lake Charles. We have some technical issues thinking around that part, but. Don't you worry. You can check us out on the free mobile app. Just search the game 1041 or the game 1037. You'll catch us crystal clear that way. But hopefully you're having a stupendous Saturday morning. Mine's going all right. Started out pretty decently. Woke up, pretty good mood. A few days ago, twisted my ankle. I'm fine. I'm pretty, pretty much back to some form of normalcy there. But I would say the phone lines are open, but the phone lines are currently down right now. So was going to have Kyle T. Mosley join the program at 1130. Can't do that. It's very much a day where, you know, we're going to kind of be flying without a net here. Usually have ideas, have content, have time to come up with this stuff. And honestly, we're going to get to a lot of it. I've got some thoughts. I've got some takes on some things. The, The one big thing that I was intrigued by over the last few days, was LSU football. And it's because, apparently, he was growing tired. It's interesting to hear why he came to LSU, and besides the monetary perspective, because obviously that's going to play a lot in no matter who is going to potentially take the job over at LSU. actually said in an interview, he talked with Nick Saban, which that in and of itself is wild. But he talked a lot about the fact that LSU has an investment in football, while Notre Dame, like, I'm surprised to hear this actually, that Notre Dame was actually, was actually far behind, kind of like streets behind compared to what we see with LSU, the way they innovate a lot. And sometimes the innovations are a great thing. In fact, it was wild to say with Brian Kelly where he mentioned it only took three minutes to ask in terms of the conversation about him taking over as the new head coach. And yes, he's been an interesting cat to kind of follow with everything that like the accents and all that stuff. That's just how he is. But seeing the training table seeing Michael Johnson, the chef for LSU football, seeing the layout of that. like He was able to notice immediately how much things are ahead of its time. While Notre Dame, you don't have a training table. You don't bring in – they bring in food from the cafeteria. You get a sack lunch, a box lunch. Yeah, you heard me right. Like, they have not really – 
done anything to fix some of the key issues that Notre Dame has from a perspective. Uh, one of the biggest things that we talk about all the time when it comes to recruiting is what it looks like whenever a player sets foot on campus. And I guarantee you this, you will attract about 100% more people to your program with bells and whistles. Like those bells and whistles, those are impressive. What I've seen from that, it's great. Like I have absolutely been blown away by some of the stuff I've seen with LSU's facilities. If I were to recruit right now, they'd probably be immediately in my top three just based off of what I've seen. Same thing with a program like Alabama. If I was a top flight recruit, I'd be wanting offers from that school. The list goes on and on. And it shows what you know Brian Kelly's talking about. Investment. Investing in the future. Investing in your brand. Notre Dame, he said, apparently he wanted these issues addressed all the way back in 2016. Six years later, those issues have not been addressed. I think that speaks to how Notre Dame runs things from a certain perspective. And it's wild to think about that, right? Like, I can never, I just don't believe how quickly that entire thing has changed at LSU, just in terms of the overall look. You got the fancy seats and everything. Like, it's insane to see how much money and investment they've sunk into that. And I love what I've seen from LSU and what they've done with that. Same thing with the Cajuns. You go to that Cajuns facility versus probably what it looked like, I'd say, 10, 11 years ago. Like, go back to 2012 and think about how much that thing's grown from the tail end of the Scott Farmer era to now. You have a cathedral of a baseball stadium. You have a football stadium that is probably going to be in the next few years looking like one of the premier football stadiums in the Sun Belt Conference. I can't wait to see what that final like build looks like, especially with the new press box. Mind you, I'm not really in the press box anymore these days. More in the stands or on the field, depending on what's going on. But I do have to say, I like what the future holds for the Cajuns just because they're improving their facilities. It's not just, you know, an outdoor practice field or the indoor practice practice facility. It looks like when you go into their athletic center, it's a big old building, glass. It looks fancy. And that's what's going to attract you. It's that fancy stuff. And it looks great. Their film room, it's It's for a Sunbelt Conference. Again, it's tremendous. The setup they have is great. Now what happens after that? Anybody's guess. I like what I've seen from those guys. I like what I've seen from LSU because they have started to keep up with the Joneses. And it's amazing that 
University like Notre Dame, mind you, Notre Dame is built largely off of the legacy name, the, the brand of football. And this is exactly what you want to see if you're LSU. Is seeing somebody that recognizes and acknowledges how much you've evolved. You have shown a clear change in your game. And I like a lot of what I've been hearing. And it was, again, it's just wild to think that a program like Notre Dame that has been a team held in high regard, whether it's factual or not, is a different conversation. Because honestly, some years, I feel like Notre Dame just gets into the playoff simply based off of name brand and name recognition. 2020 may be the lone exception to the rule because they look good and they wound up getting a big win over Clemson. But I think that was mainly because of the fact that they were in the ACC to begin with. But when they got to the playoffs, they got their absolute asses handed to them. But it's wild. Going back to what I was saying is 2016, they had outgrown what they were building and they weren't anywhere near done in 2022. But it's, I, again, I talked about a lot last week with Will Wade, with LSU, and the cupboard being bare. They're starting to rebuild slowly but surely, getting guys out the transfer portal to come over. But I guarantee you it's going to be uphill climb for LSU on the basketball front. I'm almost certain it's not going to be much better on the football front. You're going to wind up suffering some significant shortage in, in scholars because the NCAA is just gonna not just gonna throw the hammer on on basketball. No, football is culpable as well. But the fact you have Brian Kelly there now, I want to see how he evolves that team, and more importantly, is one of those culture changers. Because from what we saw at Ozron, the last two hires, the culture, retroactively speaking. What we know now when we look back at things in a retrospective way, it's not great. The optics are horrible all the way around. Maybe it takes somebody like Brian Kelly. Maybe it's going to take a Matt McMahon to repair an image of a program that looked like they were in the, to steal a phrase from the NCAA in their report, having a lack of institutional control, letting the proverbial inmates run the asylum. Now, again, interested to see how that all pans out over the next couple of years because I got a feeling you're going to be dealing with this for a good long while. All right, we're going to take a quick timeout. When we come back, I'll get in the conversation about you know, Tiger Woods, he's, he's kind of yearning for another major championship. And I wonder, can Tiger Woods actually do that? Can he actually win another major? We'll talk about that next right here on the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles. We are Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We'll come back after this on the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles. After all your problems during the week, 
It's finally the weekend. Woo! Yeah, baby! That's what I've been waiting for. That's what it's all about. That means you're getting more Under the Dome with CD right now. On the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Under the Dome with CD right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. And while we love the sports, we also love giving away some fantastic prizes, including a chance to go to see Hangout Fest in Lake Charles, Gulf Shores, Alabama. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. The game has a chance for you to win tickets to this absolutely epic weekend of music. It's back and it's going to be better than ever. So many great artists are going to be performing. For this Post Malone, Halsey, Megan the Stallion, just to name a few. And if you want to go to Hangout Music Fest, here's what you do to win VIP passes. And trust me, a lot like what I was saying about Bon Ton passes with Festival International, they're sold out. These are like certified gold. So make sure you enter today, right now, in the clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com is you do not want to miss the return of Hangout Music Fest featuring Post Malone, Halsey, and Megan Thee Stallion, just to name a few. That's Hangout Music Fest, May 20th to the 22nd in Gulf Shores. You can win VIP passes right now from the game, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. And I mentioned at the end of the first hour that I thought there was a distinct possibility that Tiger Woods was going to miss the cut. Simply because of the fact that he is just coming off of a in a near-death experience, number one. Number two, that leg injury, I thought that would have hindered him a lot more. But turns out, Tiger Woods, at least somewhat, still has it. We hear that phrase all the time in wrestling. The, you still got it, Chant. We still hear that to this very day in pro wrestling. I heard it this past weekend at WrestleMania when I heard Vince McMahon wrestling Pat McAfee and probably one of the weirdest things I've ever seen in my life. It was a fever dream, but damn it, I loved it. So, with that said, my question is, can Tiger Woods win another major? I'll go ahead and say no. I don't think he wins another major. This was... The last, like the one in 2019 was the last ride, was the last chance he had. And that was a miracle in and of itself. And I can vividly remember being in the press box at the Teague, watching Sunday afternoon baseball while also watching the final round of the Masters. Because that year, the Masters final round was like Sunday morning. So around 1, 2 o'clock, you had Tiger Woods in his final round looking to take the whole darn thing. And we're all sitting there in that in that press box, and we were amazed because it was just a moment in time that I think a lot of people will remember seeing him 
win that green jacket. I got a conversation with Miguez about the whole thing. Host of Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh every weekday from 4 to 6. Hopefully the phones will be working by then. (laughs) So when I look back at that, that was the moment where I think Tiger Woods and his like championship winning big game guy is gone. Now yesterday he didn't look like amazing. It wasn't godlike in any way, but he was able to fight back. He was down, I think he was plus three at one point, hit back to back birdies to get to that plus one and more importantly, stay alive. Because there was a chance if he like continued to screw up, I would have been one happy camper about it. Seeing him get it done. And I just sat again, I sit here inside the game studios, still amazed Tiger Woods is in it. Like there was a lot of concern whether or not Tiger was going to be a part of it. And here's the thing. You may not like Tiger. There I know there's a lot of people that aren't necessarily a huge fan of Tiger. I'm not one of those guys. I just felt like this was a year where the odds were stacked against him. The deck was stacked completely in or against him like in a lot of ways. So that's why I kind of lean towards Tiger Woods missing out on a major this year or missing out on the Masters cut and not playing on Saturday. Would have been fun, but he was able to turn it around and more importantly get back to the front of the line. And that's great for golf. You may not like him, but he draws numbers. And if you're the PGA Tour, you want him there. Especially with somebody like Roy McIlroy. Big surprise, he got cut. He was pop on then some in his performance in the first two rounds of the Masters. Phil Mickelson's out there getting ready to play in Dubai. I'm sorry. Having him and him being Tiger Woods' big cat in there, that's the best thing for the game of golf right now. That's the that's the perfect thing, the perfect situation for the game for the future of golf is to have Tiger Woods there. It helps with the ratings. Now, how much longer he can go? I'll go ahead and say, I think Tiger Woods is done in two years. I think in terms of a full-time playing career, he's done. He's got two more years. Easily. But even now, I think he's starting to wind down. And I think this will be his last like full-time year, if it's even a full-time. But he'll participate in some of the majors. Probably won't win a single one of them because I think now the game is so like filled to the brim with those once-in-a-lifetime cats, like those more athletic golfers. Because it's not like what you see on the links on a typical day. A lot of these guys like learn from Tiger 
and mastered the way Tiger does things. It's a lot like how you saw the TV 12 method and the way he's trying to get people to be Tom Brady clones in terms of the way they treat their bodies like a temple. So there's a lot to be said about what Tiger Woods has done for the game of golf. He's without doubt probably one of the most popular golfers of all time. I'd say probably second only to Jack and Arnold Palmer. And it's just the fact that Tiger Woods was marketed perfectly from the word go. He wound up just dominating the, the field every single time. He was out there. And you need that big name in golf to keep it going. Now, who's going to help fill that next spot down the road? That's anybody's guess. If we're being completely transparent and honest. How does it all work out? How does it all come together? For Tiger at this tournament, I think he probably is in the top 20. And they can kind of figure out what's going to happen next for him. Because there's still a lot of questions surrounding him and his future In the PGA. Because obviously that injury he suffered was horrific. Damn near lost his leg. And the fact that he's playing the level of golf that he's playing at plus one through two rounds of golf is not just amazing. It's damn near superhuman. And I think we need to consider Tiger Woods for Professor Xavier's school for gifted children. Like he is absolutely an X-Men. Like the way he looks and puts together his stuff. He is a monster. Just the way he puts it all together. Now what happens after this, I think he's going to just mainly do the majors, maybe a couple other tournaments to keep himself fresh. But I don't think he's going to be anywhere near a championship win, especially in a major. Because the talent pool is getting deeper and deeper. And I feel like at one point, you got to let bygones be bygones and kind of cut off and just move on with your career. And make some tough decisions. I think the toughest decision out of all of this is what you do after that last major. How do you want to end your career? And I think Tiger Woods is ending his career the way he wants to. He ended it on, on his terms. Because, like, let's be honest. Tiger Woods could just retire tomorrow. Tomorrow. And he'd be okay. Because he'd be making serious, serious bank. I, I, I'm just being upfront. He would be making major moolah. Right now, if he he can retire right now and have a good bit of money to where he'd be able to live comfortably for the rest of his days, but that's not Tiger Woods. The competitor in him wants to keep going. And I guarantee you, if he's has an opportunity to win the entire doggone thing, I will be watching with bated breath to see what he does. And if he wins another major, more power to him. 
because of the age he's in, all the injuries he's had, and he overcomes all this to win another one and become one step closer to becoming one of the greatest golfers of all time. I think he definitely is like top two or top three, no doubt in my mind. But a win at the Masters, I think, could solidify him as one of the best to ever do it. Especially in Augusta, Georgia. I, I'll admit I was wrong, and I regret making those picks, but, you know, such is life. I'm sure I'm going to regret several other picks. I damn near regretted the other night a three-leg parlay for the NCAA championship game, which we'll talk about at the end of the show. But I damn near regretted that because I put money on Kansas, the under, and an assist from one of the UCL, no, from one of the players, that, and I wanted to get two of them. And that wanted to give me a quick $25. I want to see what happens next with Tiger. But if he wins here, I'd say retire, man, because th- that's the peak. That's your zenith. Go out on top. That's what all great athletes want to do. Tom Brady, you don't believe me? That's why he came back. Tom Brady wanted to come back and become a champion. He doesn't want to go out the way that he did in the playoffs. That's why he didn't retire after the way he got his ass handed to him against the Titans. I guarantee you, Tiger Woods and Tom Brady have that same exact mentality. We'll take a quick time out. When we come back, kind of get back to the New Orleans Saints for a little bit because why the heck not? I got a DM earlier. I'll go ahead and bring that up. And more importantly, kind of chat you up about what I think about how the Saints are going to attack the draft. Kind of reset that. You're listening to Under the Dome with CD right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Most sports talk shows turn it up to 10 on the amp, but Under the Dome is far from your ordinary sports talk show. It takes it just one step higher. These guys are laughing. Now back to the show that gets the lead out. Under the Dome with CD on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Under the Dome with CD right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Appreciate you listening in, however you're doing so. I know we've been having some issues with a lot of things. I'll just say that right out of the gate. I hate to kind of bring up tech issues that we're having, but, you know, ish is happening and we're going to kind of try and move on from it. As we're near the tail end of the show, but before I get to some Saints talk, because I want to get a, a DM earlier, and I want to kind of talk about that for a hot moment now that I kind of know who the guy is that is mentioned, because never gave me a specific name, but I'll touch base on that in a second. So let's start off by letting you know that we've got a chance for you to win a $50 gift certificate to Richard Seafood Patio in Abbeville. If you love 
boiled crawfish, boiled shrimp, crabs, grilled seafood, burgers, steaks, po'boys, a seafood buffet, and trust me, all that stuff as a heavier set guy. Give me that every day and twice on Sunday, Jack, and that's going to be pretty doggone good to kind of have on the weekend or any anytime, really, especially boiled shrimp, po'boys, steaks, burgers. Hell yeah. So why not go over to the game clubhouse? I can't win this, but you can win a $50 gift certificate to Richard's Seafood Patio. Just sign up today at the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. So I got a DM earlier from my guy Darren. And he says, how do you feel about the running back from Bama? What if the Saints can get him in the second or the third? And that's a like so the name he's talking about is Brian Robinson Jr. out of Alabama. And I think this is would be a phenomenal guy to get. And I'll explain why. He fits in that second to third round range. You're probably gonna have to move up in the third round to get him. Because I don't think I don't see them moving up in the second round and and trying to do all their picks in the first two days. That's not the Saints' way. At least as I know it. But I think they should. And I think it's more because of the fact that he is an Alabama product, number one. But number two, he probably would fit a mold of Mark Ingram. And a younger Mark Ingram at that. Because Mark Ingram did solid enough. But I want a new boom and zoom. I love Mark Ingram, but I think it's time to kind of move on. And honestly, you kind of screwed the pooch when it comes to your running back core last year. Before Ingram was even there, there was way too much emphasis on Alvin Kamara. You had to utilize him in a lot of different ways. I understand that, especially with the departure of everybody's favorite in your boy you know, Michael Thomas, he was out all year. So you have to rely a lot on him because you don't have a whole lot of like really honest to goodness weapons, which is why I keep saying draft a wide receiver. You need to draft a really strong wide receiver two in conjunction with your wide receiver one. Like you need a, that can work well in that spot, even maybe even fit into a wide receiver one spot down the road if Michael Thomas, if that relationship does not work out. So, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with the New Orleans Saints right now is focusing in on wide receiver. And I here's the thing. I say safety, but you could probably get a safety, a really good one, in the bargain bin where the Saints love to do, do what they do. And, again, the Saints, last time they had a third-round pick that was running back, I think it turned out pretty well. I think you all know that name. All too well, Alvin Kamara. Talks about him earlier. He would be a phenomenal pickup if you're the New Orleans Saints. To get Brian Robinson Jr., he would fit really well, especially if you get him in the second round or if he somehow falls to the comp pick that you have for the Eagles. Like, just a recap, because basically they have – that comp pick from the New Orleans, from the Philadelphia Eagles, and they gave up theirs, but they moved down a couple picks, a couple pegs there. 
So just to recap, you've got two first-round picks. You've got the 49th pick. You've got 120 and 161 because you gave up your your seventh-round pick. Hypothetically, if you really wanted to, you could probably move up in the third round. You give up your other two picks, and you call it it. You get all your picks done in the first two days. Cool. Let's go ahead and do that. Would love to see it, but it feels like the Saints, if he's still there at 49 and you want to snatch him up, by all means, snatch him up. That'd be a great pickup there. Now, what happens? with Who's going to be the best safety in in that draft? Where does that guy land? Who's going to be a big steal? It's anybody's guess because you're going to have to fill the void of Marcus Williams one way or another, right? You're going to have to start making decisions and focusing in on who's going to fill that void, be it a free agent signing like Honey Badger, which again feels highly, highly unlikely because the way that team has been set up is doing things on the cheap, doing things on the sly. I don't think Tyron Matthew is going to come cheap for anybody. That's where my number one, like, A1 concern is right now. Is that the Saints are going to wind up having to overpay for somebody and it could hurt them even more? Because, again, they're just starting to get out of cap hell. They are just now starting to get out of that situation that they were in over the last three, four years. They're just starting to fix that issue, starting to resolve it. Now, how much are you going to want to be willing to give up to get somebody like Tyron Matthew? Or would you be willing to get somebody in the second round or even the third round if you do indeed move up in the draft? Because the Saints draft picks, again, they don't have many to pick from now in 2022 since the trade. The trade shook up a lot. Because they have to sit there and like they're probably wondering a lot of things about how they fit it. And again, the Saints, to a certain extent, mortgage their future. They are all in on this draft to build towards the future. And they have every opportunity to do so. So they've got, to recap, you've got 16th, 19th pick, 49th, 98th, 120, 161, and 194. If the Saints really wanted to, again, they could give up those three picks in the fourth, fifth, and sixth, trade up in that third round, and maybe even give up 98. You might 98, if you had to give that up, worst case scenario. But they need to get some really good, a really good safety one way or the other, be it through free agency or you focus in on other things. I think, again, dream scenario, you go with wide receiver, your first pick, and Jamison Williams is there. And I'm going to keep saying it till the cows come home. If I, I'm a lot like foot. I will be apoplectic and maybe have to do a show pre-taped because I will be so frustrated with what the Saints do in the NFL draft if they don't go, if they pick a quarterback with their 16th or 18th pick. Hell, any of their picks, I will be very furious about that. Because you don't need it. 
You don't need it. Ian Book you already have, or Garrett Grayson 2.0, as I like to call him. You've got, you know, you've got all your other guys to use. Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill is even a emergency valve if you really wanted to try that out one more time. I get it. The names, Matt Corral, Malik Willis, they stand out. You were, they may have been salivating over everything. But at the end of the day, I don't want to see any of those guys come up on the draft board and wear the black and gold because you don't need one. What you need is a wide receiver. I like the idea of a running back, as our guy Darren suggested. That's a really good one. Now, what happens with that pick? If you do that, let's say in the second round, who's next on the board that's a safety? Who's going to fit that role and help you get? Because, again, if you do offensive tackle and you do wide receiver in the first round, you've got to fill safety. You've got to fill that void. And I don't think you can risk it in, let's say, the third or fourth round getting a really good safety. Now, of course, I could be completely wrong. The Saints have gotten really good players in those later rounds, day three. They've been able to show that they can get solid help. But again, yours truly, I'm much more focused on what they do with their first two or three picks. Because you've got three picks in the top 50. Three picks in the top 50. How can you screw that up? Like, really? The only way you could screw it up is if you go back to the 2014 model. Go, I I, want to do that one week. Is go ahead and power rank the Saints drafts over the last 15 years. From 2016, excuse me, 2006 to 2021. And I want to just wind up doing like a, a tier list of that too. Simply because I think it'd be an interesting exercise to see how those draft classes worked out and which ones were absolute dog meat and maybe break down why. Because I can tell you right now, 2014, 2015, those would be like your F-tier type stuff because they stunk up the joint and it didn't last long in a Saints uniform and didn't last long in the NFL. Also, the, I think it was 2014 was uh, the three most dangerous letters in sports, Stanley Jean-Baptiste. I'm sure that gave a lot of people PTSD just hearing that name. But yeah, the Saints need to focus in on certain things, not just a quarterback. It's wide receiver, offensive tackle, safety for me. Maybe a running back. I can be convinced of running back maybe with your fourth pick. If you do that, Let's freaking ride. And if you can get Tyron Matthew on the cheap, let's freaking ride. There's a lot of things I would love to see. And if that all happens, I think the Saints have a very good shot of making the playoffs. Now, of course, they've got to deal with the NFC, which is going to be interesting. Because I think now the NFC West is going to be either the Rams or the 49ers, And one of those is going to occupy a wild card spot. Now, what happens with 
Bucks and the Saints. Saints could very well fit that second wild card spot, but it's very, very tough. It's going to be tight because I've got a feeling you're going to see the Dallas Cowboys and the Eagles be one of those other two teams. Yes, the Cowboys just got rid and unloaded a ton of players, a ton of really good players. But if Dak and Zeke are rolling, I got a feeling they can make a run to the postseason. Now, do they win? No. But I think they have a chance to make one. Because the NFC North is going to be Green Bay's to lose. It always is. If Green Bay loses this one, it's disappointing because the Minnesota Vikings haven't done a damn thing. You've still got Kirk Cousins. You overpaid for him. The Bears are the Bears. The Lions... The Lions have a chance to get a little bit better. They're making progress and strides, but you're still going to be kind of that middle-of-the-pack type team that's more likely than not going to be on the outside looking in, depending how the Eagles and the Cowboys go. The Washington Commanders football team, Redskins, whatever you want to call them, they are, are another like team that, that's fringe, but also cringe as well. They could be good, or they could just fall apart week one or two. Then you got the New York Giants, who are just a complete dumpster fire and make the New York Jets look like a stable organization. So that's kind of where I'm at with the NFC. And the Saints have a chance. I think the best opportunity is to win the division because the wild card is not necessarily 100% guaranteed. And I'm sure the Eagles would love to say, hey, we won the trade because we got in the playoffs. So you got to you step your game up, Saints, and Saints fans as well. All right, it's under the dome with CD. We'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, one final take, and it's about that national championship game with Rock Chalk Jayhawk. Back after this on the game, 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles. Before we close up shop here on Under the Dome, CD has just one more take to fire off before he drops the mic. Is it going to be a take that lands on the Scoville scale? Or is it going to be as cold as the pizza in your fridge? Let's listen in and find out. You gotta love how things work on a typical Saturday morning. And, you know, again, I hate to be that guy that's gonna bring up stuff like this, but when you have tech issues, just run amok. And I mean run amok for about two hours. I'm kinda just <laughs> a little frustrated. I'll just go ahead and say that. But welcome back to Under the Dome with CD. One final take here before we head on out to the, enjoy the rest of my weekend. Maybe rest these pipes, because honestly, two straight hours of nonstop talking, no guests, no time to kind of breathe, None didn't necessarily work out all that well. But my final take for today involves the Kansas Jayhawks, Rock Chalk Jayhawk. Because I think it proves the old saying isn't true. The old saying, cheaters never prosper. Even in the world of the NCAA where we're seeing guys get hit with sanctions left, right, and sideways. This is a time where I think we're starting to be proven that statement's not true. 
cheaters can and will and still prosper in college basketball. Because, again, Kansas got hit with all kinds of sanctions on basketball side, and they got some looming large as well. Bill Self, unlike Will Wade, still has a job. And amidst all the controversy, there's no doubt in my mind that the probe is going to hang over that basketball program for a while, but they won. It makes you wonder how much the NCAA is going to hammer them. I don't necessarily think they're going to hammer them that hard. Just because this is a program, this is a program that is a continual powerhouse. And powerhouses always get off a little bit easier. Case in point, New England Patriots, Alabama, list goes on and on. I'm out of here. We got LSU baseball coming up at 2 o'clock. We also have Astros baseball coming up around 8. So keep it locked right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Peace.